0: That's okay. I was gonna say. So, uh, my name is Pastor John. I've been on a sabbatical for 12 weeks. Yeah, no. And and more than anything, um, today regarding that, all I want to do, I mean, a couple things, but I just want to say thank you, uh, thank you to my pastor and his wife, thank you to the board, thank you to the other pastors, the staff, but also to you, the congregation, because we are a great church, and you are joy. And um, I, it was never lost on me what I was afforded to be able to do after 21 years in ministry, to be able to detach uh, the way I was able to, truly detach. I mean, and it was odd uh, because I had not done that for 21 years. And so it was strange. And um, I also was going to ask after the announcements, uh, my, I was home with my wife the whole time. So can I get in that premarriage class? <laughs> Just wondering. Anyway. Glory be to God. She was with me, but truly, thank you. And I I don't, I don't mean that flippantly, and I don't mean that just to say it. I truly mean thank you. And uh, before I get into the message today, a few things that I did want to say, and I don't want to forget. First of all, I'm glad none of you wore your pajamas. Well, most of you didn't. Uh, I appreciate that. I hope your children did. It was PJ day. My grandson's going on three soon, and man, I'm telling you, all week I was like. You gonna wear those? He'd come up in his PJs. We live in the same building. He's gonna wear those, and he'd start laughing. No, no, no. And I'm like, Yeah, wear those. Wear those. Finally, the other day, finally, he goes, Maybe. And I'm like, Okay. At least he's on board. Anyway, but thank you for not wearing your pajamas, and thank you, Pastor Brian, for not wearing that god awful coat. <laughs> there are some traditions that just don't need to continue. So I'll just go ahead and say that now. If you weren't watching on Christmas Eve, you don't know what I'm talking about. Or no, it wasn't Christmas Eve. It was actually the Sunday fun day. The Sunday fun day. Actually, so one of the things I did about three weeks ago, uh, I knew I wanted to uh, begin reattaching. Uh, more importantly, just, just reattach to, the, to what Pastor Brian is currently feeding us through God's word, uh, but also to kind of begin the transition back into what is not real life, because sabbatical was not real life. It was a good life, but it was not real life. Uh, A good friend of mine called before I went on sabbatical and was giving me some advice about other things. But one of the things she said is, keep your expectations in check because everybody else is still going to work. Everybody else is still going to school. And there's me. Hi, (laughs) I'm from Minnesota. I'm here to visit. Yeah, well, I got to go to work, brother, you know? (laughs) Love you. Anyway, it was good. It was real. Um, My wife said when I went on sabbatical, they're either going to find out they they miss you or they don't really need you. <laughs> and folks, I'm human enough to know, it's probably somewhere in the middle, <laughs> all right? Uh, but I am back and I'm glad to be here. It was refreshing for sure. Uh, some things turned out exactly as I had hoped or thought. Um, truly, like had them mapped out, had a plan, shared it with everybody, yeah, I'm gonna do this, this, this. You ever heard that saying, man has plans and God laughs? Yeah, yeah. that's true in everyday life too. Because we can have all the best, and I did, I had good plans, and some of it worked out. Um, One of them, my wife's probably going to get mad at me for mentioning, but one of the things I got caught up in was I'm in the middle of dental work, and I have a long mustache right now for a reason, trust me. If you're watching online, no zoom-ins, okay? No zoom-ins. Anyway, I'm stuck in the middle of that. It didn't turn out like I thought. It didn't get finished, and I'm like, well, this is great. I'm looking, I'm silly, like, literally, I'm going to go back on Christmas with no front teeth, That can't happen, right? Well, it didn't work out like I thought. Um, One thing is for sure, though, I could sense my wife having the feeling of not sure where you're going, but you can't stay here. (laughs) So, things don't always turn out like we thought. I was thinking about that this week and, and, and just thinking about even ministering. Pastor Brian had asked me a week and a half, two weeks ago, hey, would you minister that day? I said, sure, because I knew I, this week I was, I was ready. I was ready to re- re-engage in, in that concept of you know, getting a word from God for the people. and uh, So yes, and if I could be a blessing to him, hallelujah. Um, But in that, I started to think about, uh, and actually, I, I I, I opened my Bible. And in my Bible, I have my agreement card from March of this year that we did as a family. And there were things that we wrote on there as a family that were like, this is what we're believing God for in 2021. And, and I won't go through mine, obviously, uh, but I, I, I did look at the churches and, and we, are, we are believing God for unique doors of opportunity in our community. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I started going through mine and it's interesting because to a T, every single one of them, all four of the first four, I was like, well, God, you know, you, you could look at something and Pastor Brian has shared a lot about perspective and I'm gonna kind of continue some of that today. I could look at it and go, well, God, that didn't happen. But as I was praying and reading it, I was like, no, that is happening. That happened. It just didn't happen like I thought it was going to happen. It happened like God wanted it to happen, which is always better than the way I want it to happen. And and, and I was reading through those, and then the other thing I wanted to say to you, you have one of these cards, you stood together as families, you believed, go get your card. Even if you don't know where it is, go find your card, and then look at your card, and begin to look at those things, because you know what I know? We got one week left in this year, and God is a big God, and there are things that God wants to do in your life every single day, and sometimes you go to him in faith, and you stand on his word, but then life gets in the way, and you forget those things, and you, you, you kind of, you didn't necessarily walk away from the God thing, but you get focused on the other thing, and you forget the God thing that started in you back in March, and God wants to complete the things he has started. So give him a chance. Give him a chance to do that. So take your, find your cards and and begin to pray about those things and and look at look at it from a God perspective, not necessarily your own. Uh, I, the message that I wanted to, Pastor Brian was doing uh, a, two weeks, kind of three, a little bit, but uh, four he will. And and if you uh, got to hear some of that, you'll hear some of it again as I began this morning. Uh, then I started laughing because as he asked me to minister, I said, sure. I kind of know what I want to do. It was along the lines of living in victory. But then God began to take me in the direction where He gave me the name. Um, and the name that the, the series, or excuse me, not the series, it's called There Will Be No End. And then I even started laughing when I saw that art come from Susan. Thank you, Susan. I looked at it I said, maybe that shouldn't be the title to the message for the guy who's coming back to preach for the first time in three months. <laughs> Just maybe. But no, there will be an end to the message. This day will close. But God was really putting on my heart things about for he will, for he will, for he will. And then God began to speak to me about something he's doing that will never end. It will not end. It has started and it will end. Um, Pastor Brian talked about the name of Jesus and we're, and the other thing I said is I don't want to really do a Christmas message that day. So I hope this isn't necessarily quote a Christmas message. Christmas was yesterday. Awesome. Hallelujah. Hope you got all you wanted. If you didn't, that's okay. Got a gift receipt, take it back, whatever. But today's a new day. But what did we celebrate? We celebrated the birth of a Savior. We celebrated the greatest thought that Pastor Ryan shared the other night. is one of his. Emmanuel, God with us. The idea that God Almighty was going to come down to this crusty earth and be a part of the system that we're a part of and live like we live and go through what we go through. You know Jesus was tempted in every way that you've been tempted, but he never fell. Think about that. If you think, well, he was God. No, we sing about it. He laid down his deity and he came down to this earth willingly because the Father sent him and he said yes. And he came down here and he lived that life as, as, listen, Jesus. Actually, in the scripture, uh, there's a scripture that uh, they said, you will call his name Jesus. That's what they announced to Mary, and that's what, you will call his, to Joseph, you will call his name Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that all the power in the heavens is behind the name of Jesus. Christmas Eve service, it was stated, but I'm going to restate it. All the power in heaven and earth is behind the name of Jesus Christ. It has to obey that name. It has to bow its knee to that name. There is no other name whereby you can be saved. There is no other way, Acts four twelve. Neither is there a salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you will be saved. No other way. I don't care how good you think you are or how bad you think you are. I don't care if you thought you believed in, a, in another God. I'm here to tell you there's only one God that can save humanity, and his name is Jesus. And and that word sozo, Pastor Brian shared, he will sozo. The Bible says for he, in in announcing his coming, it said, for he will sozo was the word that was used in the original text. And and it's, 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 you know how I know this name? Because I used to be a, a rock and roll youth pastor. Yeah, that's weird, hard to imagine for my grandkid will never believe that. I used to wear a shirt 25 years ago. It said, it came out of Hebrews naked and unashamed. Everybody can appreciate, it. I don't wear that shirt anymore. <laughs> There's a scripture in Hebrews that talks about it. We're before God. He sees everything, and I'm not ashamed anymore. But there was a band called Sozo. And I remember going, Sozo? That's a creepy, weird name, Sozo. What does that mean? Because I like to know what things mean, Gordy, right? Where, is that, where are the origins? So I went and looked it up, and I found out what he shared with us. It means complete restoration back to the original state. The way it was originally designed, I'm putting it back that way. That's what Jesus Christ came to do in your life to restore you to God in 100%, no holes, nothing missing status. You and Father God, sozo, because the devil had stolen it. Sin had entered into the heart of mankind, and it was passed down like a bad duplicator from Adam all the way through to you and me. Every one of us carries it. There is not one who has not sinned. We all have the scar of sin in our life, and with that sin in our life, there is no way, absolutely zero way, we could ever reach God again. It was never, and people are trying to do that today, reaching God without God, and that ain't never going to happen. Because there's only one name by where you will be saved. And all of the power of heaven is behind that name, Jesus. Woo. And it belongs to us. I need you to hear that it belongs to us for he will sozo so he came you know there's a line you're going to cross if you haven't crossed it yet of believing in that person Jesus and it's real and it's a real line like you you can dance around the line you can hear about God and you can come to church and you can show up with some guy yelling at you about Jesus but eventually there's going to come a time if it hasn't already where you're either going to have to make a decision do I believe in that or don't I? And for most of you here today, and most of you listening online, I'm going to say you've probably made that decision. Somewhere along the line, someone told you. How will they know unless they hear? How can they hear unless they've been sent? And somebody somewhere, whether it was in a grocery store or on a pulpit, told you about this King Jesus, told you that he came to save you, told you that he died on a cross, told you that he rose again from the dead, and you believed it in your heart, and you confessed it with your mouth, and you stepped over. And some of you haven't. There's no way you're with this many people are listening. There's no way there's people here who have not crossed over that line. But if you have crossed over that line, it's really important that you know what you entered into. We sang, uh, this is one of my favorite Christian-y, Christianese songs. We sang it earlier. The veil tore before you. And I promise you, there's at least five of you in here going, What is the veil who tore it open? (laughs) You know what that is? (laughs) Do you want to know what that is? It's good news, great joy, tidings that will change your life. Because the minute Jesus said... Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And he gave up the ghost and he died a physical death. The minute he did that, the veil of the temple that kept men, normal men out without the sacrifice, it kept them out. You know what happened? That thing split right in two. Bam! Sorry, Toby. Sound guy. It split right in two. You know what that was? That was God saying, come on come on child, come on son, come on daughter, come to me, the way is open now, you can come right in, because the blood of my son Jesus carries all the weight in the world, it'll put you in the position you need to be in to come on home. The veil tore before you, it tore before you and me, and you've entered into that if you're a Christian, and if you haven't, you can. But now that you're a Christian, your worldview or how you see things is really important How you see things, man, in that first week, how you see things is even more important than what you see because you're going to see all kinds of things in this world. But you've got to take on the idea that now you're seeing things through God's kingdom, not through the world system. And as a believer in Christ, somebody who stepped across that line, you've now entered into that relationship with your father God. And it's time you start looking at things around you through the lens of who you are in Christ. Not who you were before Christ. I'm kind of I forget it. I'm, I was telling my wife yesterday, I don't even remember our kids as babies. That's horrible. They're like 20-something, right? I don't know there they are. I don't remember hardly ever. I remember a couple things, but not the details, right? I know, I forget, though, but I know my life before Christ. That was ugly. I was ugly. I was garbage. I was so far from God and it was all my doing. I was running from him, I was scared. I thought maybe he was mad at me because I was a bad person on the inside. I did things that I knew were wrong, on purpose, with a zeal, just like I preached out with a zeal. I lived for the world with zeal. Ask my wife, don't ask her. Please don't ask her. But I made a decision. I'm gonna live that way now in God's kingdom. And I'm gonna see things now a different way. I'm gonna look with a different perspective because I'm not the same as I used to be. And if you're a Christian, you're not the same as you used to be either. And you gotta start looking at things differently. It's about your belief. And when we say that, it's about what you believe. It's about your heart. If you say you're a Christian, then your heart should reflect the things of God. It's in there. Trust me, it's in there. You just gotta dig a little deeper than maybe you have. You got to you got to you got to go a little deeper with God to say God I want to know. I want to live with a perspective that's yours not mine. Renew my mind, God, and God will say, "Okay, I'll renew your mind." Start reading the Bible. Because it will change how you think. You'll see things in there and you'll be like, I don't know if I believe that. And you'll have to come to a place where you cross another line in your life and go, I believe that, God. If you said it, I believe it. You know, we sang a song, or Pastor Tim shared, oh, you're going to be blessed. And I think people are so screwed up when it comes to the things of finances. Do you know that money's nothing but a tool? And it ain't nothing to God. He owns everything. And we get hung up on both sides. Well, there goes that prosperity message. Or God doesn't want us to have that. Listen to me. It's one of the things at Christmas, I enjoyed Christmas maybe more than I ever have this year. But one thing that brought me down was walking through Costco, brother. I'm walking through that store. I said, we need to shut up. We got plenty. You ever been to Costco? Holy moly. My wife said, you need some A1? I said, yeah. I looked over at the A1. They had these gallon tubs of A1 and you can't buy one. You have to buy two. I literally looked at her, didn't I, babe? I said, no, I don't need any A1. Now, I'm not talking about just when I say God will bless you. The spiritual blessings that God has already brought into your life if you're a believer are way above anything in the natural. The natural's nothing to God. He can solve those problems like this. He will. And he is. And he does. So the spiritual blessings that he brings are way deeper and wider and longer that cause you to see differently. But don't think he won't take care of the natural. There was a book I was looking for. It's not in my notes. I wanted this book for somebody who I love. And I know he's a reader and a thinker, and it's a thinker's book. And I called, uh, went, actually, I went to the bookstore, Barnes & Noble, and they're like, no, we don't have it. Like this trick. This is a great trick. But if we order it today, which was Monday before Christmas, you should get it by Christmas Eve. I'm like, ha, no way. I know some of you are still waiting for that package. Good luck. I said, no, no, so then I went to every other store that I could, Target, Walmart, but couldn't find it, couldn't find it, thought about ordering it online, and then it broke down, I said, no, I'm not gonna. I said, well, I'll get him a different gift. Literally Friday, I had to go, it's time to get his gift, and I'm leaving, and, and you're gonna think I'm crazy, but that's okay, I am crazy. The spirit of God in me, which I know to listen to, he said, go to that Walmart you don't like to go to. No, seriously no you and and I literally was like why would I go there and and then he goes do you want the book and I said yeah and he's like go to the Walmart you know what I could have done turned up the Christmas music louder and drove to Barnes and Noble so what I did is I said "Ah, I'm gonna call Barnes and Noble again just in case and the lady said that book is out of print we won't get that book ever again and I said oh okay I said well I guess I'm going to that Walmart I don't like to go to I go into that Walmart. Now, I'd been to every store in this town. I'd been to Barnes & Noble once, called them once. I went to that store, you guys, and I walked back to the book, and there was one of those books sitting on the shelf left. Now, big deal, Pastor John. It wasn't a big deal to you, but it sure was to me, especially when I knew it was the voice of God who was going, hey, go ahead and go to that Walmart you don't like. That's how he talks to you. When you hear his voice most times, now I know a couple of people in my life who heard the audible voice of God, but most times it's going to be a still small voice on the inside. And you know what it sounds like? Your voice. Uh. Anyway, Jesus came with a purpose. You got to get this in your heart. You got to believe it. It's called faith. It's God's, you know, the faith, what you believe is how God functions in this world through us is by faith. It's the only way. There's no other way. It has to be by faith. The same way you got saved when you said, I never saw Jesus die. I I never saw him come back from the dead. I didn't see him go back up to heaven. But I believe all that happened. And I know he's coming back again. Boom, there's faith in your heart. That's the same way everything operates in God's kingdom. You get a word from God. You hold on to that word. And you know that word's true no matter what it looks like around you. That's called faith, people. It's not even complicated. Only good preachers can screw it up. Sorry. Shouldn't have said that, huh? It's not complicated. God said it. I embrace it. It becomes truth in my heart. I now see through it, and I function and live that way. Jesus came with a purpose. We sing about it. 1 John 3, 8 In the second half of that verse, it says, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he would, what, destroy the works of the devil. Why did he come as a baby and then go to the cross? Pastor Brian said, you can't have Christmas without Easter. He didn't, he came, this is the purpose, God said in his word, he came to destroy the work of the devil. And he's good at his job. And he did it. He did it. And then in Luke 1, 32 and 33, it says, He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Everybody say, there shall be no end. end. Say it again. Say, there shall be no end. Listen, that kingdom was launched when Jesus Christ came to earth and did what he did, and that kingdom is now in operation, and it will never end. Do you understand, and I think you even referred to it a little bit on Christmas Eve. Do you understand why the disciples, because they knew the, the word of God. They knew that the king, the savior, the redeemer was coming and of his kingdom, there shall be no end. They knew that. So when he got killed after riding in on the donkey and everybody's saying, Hosanna, 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 and then he dies, they thought it's over. Absolutely not. It's just getting started. But see, they were looking at things through their own perspective, through their own heart, not through the heart of the living God, who had bigger plans than they did. He had a different way than they did. And he said, watch what I do. Because he built a kingdom. His two purposes, destroy the work of the devil in this earth and began his kingdom. And that kingdom shall have no end. See, we want people to know God at Joy Christian Center. That's why I love my church. Our heart's, are, our hearts desire is very simple. We're a family church teaching people to reach their world. And in, that, in doing that, there's some things we know. We, one of them is we want you to know God. But we don't want you to just hear about God. We want you to have a relationship with God. We want you to walk into that place that the Father says come. We want you to experience God. And, and we want you to have revelation, Pastor Brian said. Do you know what a revelation really is? And we prayed it for this church for years. Pastor Brian did years and years. That you would have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. That the eyes of your heart would be flooded with light. That you would know some things. I I really think it's like scales, because we are so humanoid and natural. We live in this world, so we think like that. I really believe when you get to that place of revelation and you go, "I know God now," it's it's like scales that were on your eyes, but it's on your heart, and those scales just fall off. And now, where someone would say he tore the veil, and you go, "What's a veil?" Now you go, "Yeah, baby, he tore the veil." He made a way. And he didn't just do that last week. And he didn't just do it on Christmas Day. He did it forever and ever and ever. And of that kingdom that he's establishing, there shall be no end. We want people to know God. We want them to have a revelation. We want them to experience God. Honestly, truly, and spiritually, we want you to have an experience with God. We don't want you to, you know, thank God for preachers. Hallelujah. Thank God for pastors, mostly, because they get to shepherd us. And boy, do we need shepherding. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. That's an anointing, and that's a calling, and I thank God for them. I truly do. I truly do. I don't take that lightly. But can I tell you something? I don't care if you hear. I'd give up any words we can speak for you to have one moment with the living God that will change your forever. I mean that with all my heart. (laughs) One moment with your father. If it happens here, hallelujah. We hope it happens here for thousands. But it can happen in your bathroom at home. God, I'm done. It's what happened for me, if you want to know the truth. Got on my knees, 1995, in a bathroom with a Bible and said, I'm done. Father, I am done. Be it unto me according to your word. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, let's roll. And I said, okay. And it wasn't done. It just got started. And, it's, and there shall be no end. You need to keep learning. You need to keep growing. Live your life now, though, as part of his system. You're no longer a part of the world system. Say amen. If you're a believer, you're no longer a part of this world system. That's a truth. That's a revelation that you have to get. This world is not your home. This world is not your permanent dwelling place. It's not. God's kingdom is where you now live. But yeah, but I live in St. Augusta. No, I know you physically live in St. Augusta. But there's something greater going on that you can't see that has nothing to do with St. Augusta. It has everything to do with the kingdom of God in your life. And you operate in that kingdom and you move in that kingdom and you live in that kingdom. And you have a message to the world who doesn't know anything about that kingdom. You have You have a light. The same light that he was, you now have in you. And that light that shined, and they didn't all comprehend it, but it now is in you, and it lives in you, and it shines through the world around you. And they won't always understand it, but it's still happening. It's not my job to make people understand. I don't, if I can talk you into something, somebody will talk you out of it. I want you to have a revelation of who he is and what he wants to do in your life. Here's some locators for you if you don't know. You know what? Living in God's kingdom, he said you're in this world but not of this world. That means you don't get your nourishment from this world anymore. You get your nourishment from God and his kingdom and his word and his spirit and his life. That's where you get your nourishment now. Not from this world. Here's some locators. Where do you get your blank? I, I wanted to put words in there so bad. Listen, where do you get your picket? Where do you get it? Because wherever you get it, that's what you think your source is. And I got news for you. You got one source. His name is Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And he's my father and he's my source. Nothing in this world is my source anymore. Pastor Tom, don't you get paid? Absolutely. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Thank you, Joy Christian Center. I already did that. Thank you all. But can I tell you something? God is my source. So where do you get your what? Where do, you get your, where do you get your joy? Do you get it from football? Good luck. Especially if you're a Viking fan. Jesus, help us. No, seriously. Do you know that? You can say, well, I watch football. I'm okay. I watch football too. I don't care. That's not my point. But where do you get your nourishment? Because if you ever find yourself getting nourishment from that and your joy depends on that, you're in big trouble. Big trouble. Because your joy should come from knowing God. The joy of the Lord is my strength when I, ah, I almost didn't want to do this, but I'm going to do it because the spirit of the Lord is telling me to do it. When I had COVID, cause I had COVID way back when, and I lived, but there was a moment I was, I was listening to pastor Brian. I had his moment. I was laying in bed. I wasn't feeling very good. I was doing okay for a while. My wife's trying hard. She's feeding me like I could taste anything. Stop. I told her, stop. And then she'd go, how is it? Stop. But at one point, I was laying in bed, you guys. And I had to, I'm telling you, it was almost, his was a little different, mine was mine, but they were similar. I was laying in bed and I, I, I looked down and I said, you're kind of fat, One of the songs I started singing, "It's your breath in my lungs." That's not fake. No no, no no no, no no, 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 because that has nothing to do with this world or me. It has everything to do with the kingdom of which there shall be no end. And I stood up in my room and I said, "It's your breath, fat guy, in your lungs. But I will pour out my praise. Thank you, Pastor Josh, thank you, worship team, thank you, tech team. This is what I missed the most. Oh I like worshiping on. Thanks a lot, Pastor Brian says. No, no, because here's the thing. I was sitting there today worshiping with y'all at Christmas Eve. Bless my socks off. I like online. Thank Some of you have to be online. I'm okay. I will watch online. That's all good, but I'm telling you right now, I can't wait to get to heaven and sing. He is holy with millions of people. My son Jesse says that's his greatest desire. He can't wait till he's at the throne, and how long are we going to be there? There's no time. Maybe it- years. Well, not that long because we're coming back to earth. Just so you know, that's a whole other message. We do come back. That's a series on 2 Ryan. That's a long series. But he said that's one of his greatest things. He can't wait till he can sing in front of the throne with the angels. For you are holy. You are because we're going to see then. But he wants us to see now. I want to say that to you again. He wants you to see now. He doesn't, You don't get to God's kingdom when you die. God's kingdom is now and there shall be no end. Hallelujah. Where do you get your blank? Who or what do you turn to when disappointment or trials set in? Because they will. Disappointment and trials are a part of this life. Who is your healer when it's broken? When what's broken? When it's broken, who's your healer? This will determine, determine if you're living in God's system or the world's. Because when it's broken, you got to turn to God. Actually, you should be living in God's kingdom so that when it is broken, you have those moments where you remember. It isn't that you learned, you remember who you are, and then you speak to those things and call those things that be not as though they were, because that's how God's kingdom works is by faith. Where do you go when it's broken? Who do you turn to? When it's broken? Folks, we're going to have trials. While we're on this earth, and I don't know if we're going to be here another week, another year, another 10 years, another 20. I don't know. I got my own opinions, but you know what that is? It's an opinion. You know who knows? Daddy. He's the only one. Even the said, I don't even really know. He knows. He hasn't shown me yet. Well, if he hasn't shown him yet, he hasn't shown me yet. Pretty sure of that. I know there's a pecking order there. Jesus probably will know before me. And Jesus don't know. But he is coming. I heard somebody say the other day he wasn't he's not necessarily a disciple of Christ, I believe he's a believer. But he said for the he didn't say for the believer I am, cuz I thought, well that's a true statement if you're a believer. He said, if you wake up one day and it's all good, you're dead. If you wake up one day and it's all good, you're dead. True you're not going to face things in this earth that's this world coming against the kingdom of god and i'm here to tell you god wins oh in this world you will have tribulation bo but i leave you my peace that where i am there you may also be jesus said crazy christian i am you need this you need this for tuesday not for today hallelujah jesus help us where do you go? Here's the key. Here's the key, though. Where are you going to go when this short life is over? Because you will go somewhere, and not everybody goes to heaven. You have a chance during this life to choose whether you enter into the kingdom of God or not. But once it once it's over, it's over. This life, I, you know. That's the other thing too. If you if you're over 80, Hallelujah! You did something. I pointed at her. She's like, I'm 60. <laughs> you're not, are you? You're not, are you? Tell me you're not. Please tell me you're not 80. You're not 60. Listen, 87, give her a hand. Ha! Listen, as long as you're here on this earth, you have a choice. And you get to make that choice till you cross over. And I said that to the elderly in the house for this reason. If you, you we need to respect our elders. We need to show honor to our elders because they've been through some things. We think we've been through things. Well, you don't know how hard the last year was. You didn't go through World War II. I'm sorry. I'm preaching at you. God reminded me this morning, John, tell them I love them. Tell them they just don't have any idea how much love I have for them. I want to bless them. I want to do good in their lives, in their families, in their marriages. Because that's where it starts, is in your daily life. John, tell them. So I don't, I don't, I don't, there's no condemnation in this. Simple ways you can live in victory after you enter into God's kingdom. TLC, number one, turn off whatever streams are feeding your fear, your doubt, your anger, and your strife. Turn them off. Now, the funny thing is, I'm not even going to name them. Because I could say, Facebook, and we'd all go, yeah, Facebook's bad. No, Facebook's not bad. But if it's feeding your heart with anger and strife and division, it is bad for you. Turn it off. That's one thing I learned on sabbatical. You can detach from all that. And the world goes on. That was good. Turn it off. What? Turn it? Is it, is it feeding you things that bring peace and joy and love? No. Turn them off. Be careful here. Because some of you are going to take this in places it shouldn't go. But there are some people who you need to turn off. Now, some of you got the wrong picture in your mind already. It's not your wife and your mother-in-law. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you, know, do you know what family is? Do you know what family is? Family is people God put in your path. They're number one. You love family first. I'm not kidding. But there are people who don't. Now, and, and you know what the other picture some of you got is? Ding, my boss. I can turn him off. No, 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 no. But there are other people in your life who you have an option to be around or not be around, and they don't feed you with good things. I don't do negative people well. I'm being transparent. I'm human. You're human. I don't do negative people well anymore. Now, I wear things to remind me I serve others, so every once in a while the Holy Spirit goes, get in there, boy. And I go, okay, I'll get in this world. But usually if I am around you and you're negative, I I can't do that, man. Because you know that that feeds other people. If you're a negative person and you say you're a Christian, stop. Turn off whatever it is. Then here's the key. Listen for the voice of your heavenly father. This is way too spiritual than you're making it. But listen, there, you he will speak to you. He will guide you. He turn off the other streams and then begin to focus on God. What are you saying to me? Tomorrow morning, God, what are you saying to me? Tuesday, God, what are you saying to me? Lord, what are you saying? And you know what? Sometimes it's Christian voices. You got to turn off. Right. I shouldn't say that in church, should I? What I mean by that is this, there's no replacement in your life for the voice of your father. None. Zero. No one can replace his voice. And he, Jesus said, my sheep, they will know my voice and a stranger's voice. They will not follow. So God, if you have trouble hearing God's voice, here's something you can do. That scripture I just said to you, my sheep will know my voice. Start saying it. Say, Father, you said I'd know your voice. Father, you said of a stranger's voice I will not follow. I'm telling you, you'll have a revelation, the scales will fall off, and all of a sudden you'll be like, man, I know God's guiding me now. For the first time, I can hear him. He's easily steering me in the right direction on decisions I get to make. And you know what that is? That's faith at work in your life. You're now operating in the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. But there is no substitution for listening to the voice of God. And you know what? Sometimes it's work. There's no substitute for listening to the voice of God and hearing the voice of God in your life. None. And then the third C, TLC, create relationships with others that are doing the same. Bing. That seems so simple. Turn off the streams that are feeding the world person in you, the fear, the anger, all that deceit. Turn it off. Walk away from it. I I I, anybody ever see the chosen yet? Shabbat Shalom? They did the shalom, like they did the Sabbath. Man, I think there was God things in there that we know nothing about. Now, mine's not, I don't sit down with the family and do the humna humna and break the bread and all that. But you know what I did learn? It's okay to take a Sabbath. Sundays I tend to shut my phone off now and put it away. If you text me on Sunday, don't get mad if I don't get right back to you. You know why? Shabbat Shalom. Go away. Because it's you know what rest is? Rest is good. Do you know what happens when you're resting you're hearing his voice more clearly if you need a rest say amen he'll give you rest i'll pray for you at the end of the service that god will give you rest create relationships though with others that are doing the same thing please remember this there are no perfect people you're going to be in relationship with others. i just want you to get around people though who are going the same direction as you they're tuning out the world. They're living through the lens of God's kingdom. They're, they're, they're wanting to be more godly. Those are the people you gotta put around you. And some of them will be family and some of them won't, but you have to do it. It doesn't happen on accident. Trust me, this world flows the other way. Glory to God. So TLC, and then I'm gonna close with this. I have, still have a few minutes. Josh, you can come up on his time though, but um, you're in good company when the world no longer understands you. When I was young, this scared me because I thought, I don't want to be weird, God. And a lot of Christians, I knew they were weird. But I began to understand as I got older and the God began to work in my life, if I'm truly living in the kingdom of God, the world will not understand me. It just won't. Because the things I'm going to decide to live in and be a part of and think like and dream like, they are so far from the world's ways that the world looks at me now and they go, it's just like the light. Remember I said the light of Jesus is in you? Remember what the light did when it came to earth? It said the people who were expecting him, this is what gets me about that, the people who wanted him, the people who knew the prophecies about him coming, they were the ones who didn't understand him because the light hurt them. And the light inside you and me, sometimes people, they don't understand it. it just, it's just like, ah. But I'm called to live in a different way. And you're in good company when the world no longer understands you. Now, I'm not saying we don't present the gospel to the world in a way that they can understand. I think that's our greatest challenge. Because somehow we try to do the God part. When we're not supposed to do the God part, we're supposed to do the us part. <laughs> Let God do the God part. We just tell them the good news. I had a good friend once. He said, did you get him to drink the water? Well, you know the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And the guy goes, make him drink? Who told you your job was to make him drink? Your job's to make him thirsty. So when the world's going chaotically wacko, and you're over there going, man, isn't today a good day? And they go, no, it ain't. You go, you know what, it really is. Because there's a Jesus And then you might have to just say to them, hey, what are you going through? But nowadays, you know what I found that God is doing? People just want somebody to listen. And maybe you'll just be there and they start telling you things. You're like, why are they telling me this? You know why they're telling you this? Because they're hurting. And you have the answer living inside of you. And you're going to have to maybe be bold enough to go, man, and you know what? Don't worry about it. You can't do the God thing. I think sometimes we think, well, what if I pray and nothing happens? What if you pray with them and everything changes? What if you just tell them I love you and you listen and they they just can't even, they just want to know why you do that? Maybe you'll get to tell them. But don't think this world's going to understand you. That's my point here. Don't think the world is going to understand you. This scripture, it's one of my favorites. It has to do with the kingdom. It comes in Luke and it's Jesus. He just came out of temptation. He's been baptized with the Holy Spirit. He went to the desert. The devil tried to trip him up. He didn't do it. He came back and he went to the temple where he had been many times. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So he came back to his hometown as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. So Jesus stands up to read on the Sabbath day in the synagogue. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He said this. He's standing in the temple where he's from. And he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and to to make those who can't see, see, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book, the Bible says, and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down and the eyes of all the people were staring at Jesus. And he said unto them, it said, he began to say unto them, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Do you you know, you know what he was saying? Jesus was literally using the prophecies of what he came here to do to set free the captive, to heal the brokenhearted, to open up the eyes of the blind. And Jesus, he, it's, it, he, he literally, you guys know, on the, the planes that were going and the people were going to use the plane to attack on 9 11. And one of the men with other men and women on that plane stood up and said, No, it's not going to happen. And one of those men said these two words, Let's roll. Do you know what Jesus was saying right there? Let's roll. Let's roll. Here we go. Here we go. The kingdom's here. Here we go. Let's roll. And of that kingdom, there was going to be no end. Now they're going to shower him with praise, right? They're going to give him admiration. So he announced he's here to do all these good things. And they're going to go, woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, Jesus. No, they decided, let's throw him off a mountain cliff. Think about that. No, let's throw him off a cliff. You go read it. The Bible's crazy. Cool. Crazy cool. My wife told me, don't smile like I do. My teeth. Now they'll shower him with praise and admiration, right? No, they decided they should throw him off a cliff. Listen prophetically, and then I'll pray for you. God has plans and purposes of which the world has no understanding. And certainly we're not going to stop those plans. They weren't going to stop those plans then. No one's going to stop those plans now. And no one's going to stop those plans in the future. I got news for you. Jesus is coming again. He's coming back. First he's gonna take his church and then we're gonna go feast with him for a while and then we're gonna come back to earth with him and he will reign. Now you'll see him for who he already is, not who he will be. We will now see him seated upon the throne. It will manifest. The thing that's already true will manifest. God has plans and the enemy won't stop it and it's time. We have to align ourselves and our lives with those plans and purposes. Somebody say amen. Amen. Stand up real quick. I'm going to pray for you. Stand up. Hallelujah. That gives you hope that it's time to go. Hallelujah. Some of you are here. You don't know Jesus. you're, You're thinking maybe I've never crossed over that line. And today's the day you want to do that. Well, today's the day you can do that. I'll lead you in a prayer to do that. It's very simple. But the belief happens in your heart and the words come out of your mouth. And then when that happens, the spirit of God begins to go at work in your life and he changes what was and he turns it into what new. We sang about it. He gives us new life, a rebirth. He rebirths you. Number two. So. Sub- Some of you here, you're believers, but you you know when I talk about listening to the world system and their ways, you've fallen into that trap and you need freedom, so I'm gonna pray for freedom for you. And then lastly, those of you who are hurting, and when I, when I said that earlier, I could know right here, there's somebody over here. You're hurting, you're hurting, and you need God to touch you. So I'm gonna pray those three things. So eyes closed. First of all, if you're here and you've never crossed the line and you're ready to make Jesus your Lord and your King, I want you to raise your hand and I'll pray with you. I'll pray with everybody in this room, but I'll pray with you specifically. Anybody here at all? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't see a hand in the room. If that's you, put your hand up. I'll pray with you. I'm going to believe that there's somebody here online. If you're online, let them know. That, yep, that's me. And I'm going to pray this prayer so you hear this prayer. Because maybe you're here today and you're not ready. to. You think there's something you've got to give up. You don't know that you're going to gain everything. I'm going to tell you how that prayer goes. And we're going to pray it anyway. So those online, pray with us too. Say, dear Lord. I know you love me. I know you sent your son. He came to earth willingly. He gave it all up for me. He shed his blood for me. I make a decision today that he's my Savior. Now be my Lord. Teach me, Lord, what it means to live in your kingdom. I thank you that I'm forgiven. I thank you that I have new birth. And from this day forward, I have sozo, new life, full life. By the Spirit, in Jesus' name.